All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the next episode of the Data Blitz podcast. This is the Dynasty recap from week 13. Um, I'm back again with Brendan, who's joining us for all future episodes, if I didn't make that clear. Uh, Say hello, Brendan. What's up, everybody? Good to have you back on. Um, Definitely feels like you are a welcomed addition to the podcast and uh, especially if that bet's going to hit from this weekend, but I don't want to jinx anything too soon. Uh, we need those Chargers <laughs> to win tonight. Or I keep saying Chargers. It's the Jags. Um, we need the Jags to win tonight. <laughs> yeah, they should do it. All right. So as many of you know who have listened to the Dynasty recap in the past, um, we do a quick recap of last week's highlights. Um then we jump over into rookie risers and fallers. Um, and we kind of conclude with the overall risers and fallers in terms of dynasty value um, going forward. So to recap um, this past week, one of the big things that I have is Tank Dell um, injured and on IR. I believe it was his tibia. Yeah, uh, broken leg. Yeah, it's real tough. Um Definitely one of the standout guys. I mean, him and CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud even went down for a minute there. Um, I don't know what that injury was, but I think Davis Mill played like 3% of snaps that game. So that was um, tough. I mean, definitely a big fan of Houston. I think that they can keep it going without Dell. I know Nico Collins has a lot of opportunity and potential, but that hurts. Uh, You got anything else to say about it? I mean, they still have Noah Brown. Um, maybe Dalton Schultz can step up for him. Um, otherwise, I mean, it's Robert Woods, and he's what? He's 31, so. Yeah, he's old. Um, yeah, there's not too much left, but, you know. I mean, he's been good with basically two receivers all year. One guy has been out pretty much every week, so I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah, that's a good take. Um, I think Brevin Jordan, too, might step up there. He had a pretty good week this past week um, and has taken some of the snap share and routes run and targets and stuff like that from Dalton Schultz. Um, so just something to keep an eye on there as well. That's true. And he's young. Yeah, he is. Um, anything else that you want to go over for this past week's highlights? Um, I know that we had a few crazy games. I don't know if we really want to go over those or save those for like the betting episode. Um or we could just jump right over into the rookies. Yeah, let's talk about rookies. Okay. Um, I personally didn't have anybody here um, for the rookie QB riser. I guess we could talk about CJ Stroud and his just continued greatness. Um, if you want for this uh, section here, but you know, usually when it's <laughs> blank, I just kind of move right past it. I don't really care though. Um, I mean, in terms of actual rookies, yeah, there's not a whole lot there. But in terms of, like, first-year playing guys, um, I mean, you have both Jordan Love, who three touchdowns, and Sam Howell, who didn't do too much but still put up 19 points. Um, So, I mean, not a great game from Sam Howell, but the volume continues to be there. Um, C.J. Stroud is, you know, the guy, and so is Jordan Love, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, huge fan of what I saw out of Jordan Love last night. I, I was 
sort of in on the idea of having the Packers tank and, you know, maybe go for uh, one of those top two quarterbacks. But that idea died a long time ago, like four weeks ago. Um, I think we've ripped off four straight since then. Um, But Jordan Love has really just proven that he should be the next guy in Green Bay and should get a pretty decent-sized contract this offseason. And then as for Howell, um, I think there was some decent rushing side uh, shown this past week, and I think that's really a big upside for, you know, quarterbacks and something that I look for. Um, so I think Howell mm-hmm. kind of has the the make of a top twelve quarterback. Um, even in that garbage time game, he was able to get a lot of points. Yeah, two rushing touchdowns. That helps. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, um, we can jump over into the wide receiver spot here um i have jonathan mingo as one of the biggest dynasty uh value risers at wide receiver this week um mingo you know hadn't done a ton this season he has had a couple of good games but you know post frank reich it feels like they tried to get him involved the most that they could 10 targets six receptions 69 yards um just a big fan of what I saw from him. You know, it didn't feel like Bryce Young really took a step forward, but Mingo definitely was a standout for the Panthers this weekend. Yeah, his snap counts are awesome too. Yeah, they are. There's plenty of volume to be had on his part. It looks like he's kind of the guy that they're investing in as their wide receiver one, at least for now. So there's plenty of upside with him going forward. Yeah, and, you know, I've been concerned about him this season in different times, wondering, you know, is he just another guy who's going to get drafted with high capital and be, you know, better football player in real life than he is a fantasy player? But it does feel like the volume on the Panthers hasn't really been there, and it is starting to come up a little bit. Um, And everybody not named Adam Thielen has had a tough year on the Panthers, and Adam Thielen's even started to regress a bit, so... Um, I think Mingo has a good chance to be fantasy relevant, uh, maybe towards the end of this year and maybe, uh, starting next year too. Yeah. hundred percent. I think definitely has a chance to be a guy. Um, I mean, he still has managed to generate points just off of yards, whether that's 10 points or, you know, 12, like he had this past week, but I mean, the targets have been there. Yeah, they really have been. Um, I have liked what I've seen with that. Definitely feels like Bryce is looking his way as one of his main targets. Yeah, in terms of uh, other wide receivers, though, I have um, Rasheed Rice, again, another good game. I mean, same thing, targets are there. I mean, he's not playing a ton of snaps, but he's getting yards, he's getting receptions, the occasional touchdown helps. So it seems like he just pieces together solid performances so nothing crazy but gets the job done yeah i think nine nine targets eight receptions uh 64 yards is like the definition of a solid game um if he threw a touchdown on top of that he'd be you know close to 20 points or i think at 20 points um which is what his breakout was last week so i think that's something that we can maybe expect to see going forward uh touchdown dependent to get into the you know, top tier of those wide receivers, but definitely consistently solid. Mm-hmm. 
All right, do you want to jump over to uh, JSN? I know he had a pretty good game on Thursday. We talked about it a little bit during the betting episode, um, but I still think it's important to highlight his increase in value. Yeah, um, he had 67% of snaps. Um, so he's still behind Tyler Lockett, who got 88%. But that being said, he did look like the better wide receiver. Um, 100% think that going forward and he'll phase in as the wide receiver two next to DK, which, you know, never a bad spot to be. DK is more of your downfield target guy and you need another guy who can get underneath. So I think definitely, I mean, maybe the Seahawks offense, uh, they like to run and gun. So, um, maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba is good as like a 10 to 15 yard kind of reception guy. Um, maybe not so much downfield, but Hey, if you got PPR, then you're doing just fine, I think, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think I could see some form of like a Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, I guess, idea with DK and JSN. Um, I don't know if Lockett's contract lets him get out after this year, but I think it's kind of those two guys going forward. Um, And Lockett really shouldn't really be in that discussion. Uh, after this year well even going back what like eight years or seven years or something um when they had tyler lockett as kind of their deep threat and they had what was his name golden tate as Mm -hmm. the uh kind of more underneath guy so there's a golden tate type role i suppose yeah absolutely i feel like they've aired it out a lot and kind of need somebody to come underneath and it feels like jsn could be that guy yeah, and it seemed like it helped open up the offense as well. Definitely. Where do you have JSN um, in terms of, you know, all dynasty receivers? Um, do you have him in like a specific spot? Is there anybody that you'd have him above or below? Um, I'm just kind of um, thinking about I would that say, recently. yeah, I would say that Puka's got to be my number one. It's just consistent regardless of whether or not his quarterback has nobody else to throw to. Um, Even when Cooper Cup came back, he showed that he could still, same thing as Rasheed Rice, piece together some games. So, um, yeah, I have him number one. Puka, your number one rookie (laughs) or your number one overall? Oh, rookie, rookie. Okay, you scared me for a second. I'm like, I think I'm going to have Justin Jefferson. Oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. Okay, so yeah. Rookie, that makes sense. Um, definitely an argument to be made uh, for Tank Dell, maybe Jordan Addison. Um, but right after them is kind of the JSN area. Yeah, I would say JSN. Um, Rasheed Rice is in there too. Um, a big faller though, Quentin Johnston. Mm. Yeah, I've not loved what I've seen from him all year. Nothing special at all. Yeah, you just can't seem to keep two hands on the ball. No, you can't. Um, and then currently, JSN is actually ahead of DK Metcalf on Keep Trade Cut um, and ahead of Michael Pittman, too, which I don't really love him being ahead of Michael Pittman. I think Pittman has a pretty great future um, and has shown a lot so far, but seems like there's a lot of hype still around JSN. Um, So I guess we're not really alone here. (laughs) 
I mean, I think rightfully so. The guy received for 300 yards in a game in college, and he's still 21. I mean, the only reason he's probably ahead of Pittman is because Pittman's 26. It's probably literally the only reason I think Pittman's great. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and then he's, you know, alongside Olave and Wilson too. And I think he was the best receiver of those three. I think Stroud was the one that said that. Um, so definitely a guy that has had a lot of good receiver company and has shown out too. Yeah, I think he's probably the more crisp route runner of the of the three. Um, the other guys might have a little more athleticism, it looks like, but seems like Njigba has a good head on his shoulders, able to find the pockets in the zone, gets himself open when he needs to. So that's all that matters in today's NFL. If you're open, you're going to, you're going to get the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to jump over to running backs? We spent a pretty decent chunk of time on JSN here. Yeah. Um, so for running backs, obviously Devon Kane or Achan, whatever the, whatever the heck he pronounces his name. I believe it is um, Achan. <laughs> yeah. Um, he had two touchdowns. I mean, four and a half yards per carry. I think we all know he's good. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Charbonnet came in, played a good game, uh, got hurt. Some to watch, um, especially because he's trying to battle with Kenneth Murray. But he did look explosive, strong, fast, all the things you need. So. Guy to keep your eyes on for sure. Yeah. Um, A-chan, you know, second most carries since the Denver game. Um, coming like off of the injury there. I feel like I'm pretty impressed with what I've seen here. Um, you know, those two touchdowns speak for themselves. It feels like every time he's on the field, he's getting at least a touchdown, maybe more than that. Um, so love what I've seen there. And then as for Charbonnet, 19 touches, uh, 20 touches with the receptions is second most on the year. Um, feels like, yeah, as you said, Kenneth Walker being out has opened up a lot of opportunity there, but he hasn't been that bad with it. Last week I covered um, that he wasn't great with the opportunity opportunity that he had. He had 18 touches for 58 yards. Feels like he's getting a little bit more comfortable. Um, I know that last week they did go against, I guess, what we could now call a porous Dallas defense. Um, but, you know, feels like he was able to get something going. Yeah, he's still running against Dexter Lawrence and Micah Parsons, so there's something to be said. Absolutely. Um, right. Another one I had was Ty J Spears. Yeah, um, big fan of him this week. Feels like him and Derrick Henry were able to get something going against the Colts. Um, yeah, definitely just love what I saw. Yeah, um, I mean, efficient on the ground. A lot much, a lot, a lot quicker than Derrick Henry, but um, I mean, the modern day running back tends to be a little bit smaller, a little bit shiftier, so... I mean, those are things that are working in his favor. And Derrick Henry is either going to end up phasing out or, you know, getting traded. So it's going to be either his time or someone else's. So 
definitely a guy to lock away for now. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it could be like uh, Tony Pollard, maybe Jalen Warren in a couple of years, probably not though, a uh, situation where you have this more dynamic running back that fills out the alpha role after the kind of main guy leaves. Um, whether or not that's a successful model, we'll see, but it does feel like he might have some future opportunity coming. Agreed. All right, I have one guy at tight end here, and then we can jump over to the fallers. Um, just another great week from Sam Laporta. I feel like everything that he's done all year has been very impressive. He, I think he was one of the highest scoring players in fantasy this week uh, with nine targets, nine receptions, touchdown, and 140 yards. Um, despite the Lions kind of falling apart towards the end, Laporta was able to put out a great performance. Yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, yeah, there really isn't much to go off of there. <laughs> he's just an animal. I mean, he fits exactly what they're trying to do on offense, and I don't think that'll change. I mean, you don't see a ton of tight ends get nine receptions for 140 yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if a guy is doing that, then in his first game over 100 yards too, you, you got to take that into account. Definitely already had high value as a rookie tight end but even higher now you could have told me that he had five games over 100 this year and i would have believed you that's crazy more like 10 games with a touchdown <laughs> <laughs> all right you want to jump over into the followers yes sir okay um first guy that i have here is bryce young um I know that we talked about sometimes offenses explode after a you know coach firing for no reason, um, but it feels like Bryce really struggled against Tampa Bay this past week. 48.5% completion, 178 yards, uh, and an interception. I did not love what I saw. Yeah, it's just one of those situations, too, that... He's a first overall pick. You got to have some faith in that. And otherwise, it's just a shit team. Like, there's nothing else you can say about it. They're, they suck. So, um, there's not a lot to say about Bryce Young. He's he's not fantasy relevant this year. Might not be next year, but obviously that remains to be seen. Um, he needs a lot to change around him in order to see some success on the field. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think we're going to have to wait a couple years for them to get some good receivers, a better O-line. Then we might be able to start seeing what Bryce Young is capable of because he is going to be the starter there for a while. Yeah, you got to you gotta believe in your first overall pick. If you don't, then you got some other problems going on. <laughs> yeah. And the Jets kinda... How'd you feel about... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, how'd you feel about Will Levis? Uh, man, um, I was going to say this when you were talking about uh, Spears, but Will Levis attempted 16 passes. And then <laughs> between Spears and Henry, we had 37 runs. Um, I don't know if Vrabel trusts Levis anymore. 
I don't know. How about that uh, altercation with Hopkins? Yeah, that was tough. (laughs) You think there's anything relevant going on with that? I don't. Honestly, stuff happens all the time. Um, You know, Levis. I, I honestly would have expected it to be the other way with Hopkins yelling at Levis. Um, but maybe Lois thinks that he's that dude after that one game, but it's like, dude, you got to show your, show yourself a little bit more. I get that he had a a pretty low completion percentage at 16 for 32, but, uh, I think they figure it out. I don't really think Hopkins is there to stay though. He's probably going to go somewhere else next year and then call it quits after that. So hopefully Levis is able to build a better connection with his future receivers. Who are his future receivers? Probably not Traylon Burks. They're probably still in college, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe they could bring in somebody like T or Michael Pittman, and that could really help him out. But uh, besides that, I think there's they're looking to the draft. Yeah, 100%. They need help on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a great team overall. Shocked that they were able no, to get just- yeah, just another one of those teams that's boring to watch. Yeah. All right, and then uh, we kind of already talked about the Tank Dell injury, but I have him as a wide receiver faller. Um, not much to say there. He's probably on IR for the rest of the season, right? Like, there's no way he comes back. No. Okay. Cool, so... No, he... He's done. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be crazy. Uh, so hopefully he's able to get off to a quick start next year and be back for the first game of the season. I have kind of a hot take. Um, I'm interested to see what you think, but I think Josh Downs is a faller. Um, I don't know. He had, well, he had 13 targets last week. Five receptions for 43 yards. This week, five targets, three receptions, 14 yards. So it seems like he's a little bit of a, you know, high-flying, either going to get, you know, those three receptions for 14 yards, or he's going to get the seven for 130. Um, So there's, it looks like there's no in-between so far. He needs to show a little bit of consistency for me to have any faith. I kind of agree with you. Um, week three, he did have eight for 57. And then week seven, he had seven for 72. So there's been two kind of middling games. But it does feel like he needs a pretty decent amount of volume to get those games. Um, and especially like this past game where it felt like it was so close. They didn't really look his way. It was all Michael Pittman. Um all the time so I think we really have to wait until we find out what happens with Michael Pittman and how Anthony Richardson looks next year um you know if if they have a good connection and Michael Pittman's gone um or if you know Michael Pittman leaves and they draft somebody else to go above Josh Downs or if Michael Pittman stays 
you know, those are all different scenarios that could really impact Josh Downs' value. Um, I think just based off of like last week's result, I don't personally put too much stock in it, but I understand what you're saying. If he needs, uh, you know, a significant amount of opportunity to get going, especially next year when he has Anthony Richardson coming back. And if Michael Pittman stays, um, Anthony Richardson runs the ball more than, than Minshew, um, probably doesn't do as many checkdowns, uh, might negatively impact Josh Downs' value. Totally agree. Um, I'm just looking at, you know, I don't know. I th- did he get hurt against Carolina or something? Because he played... 20% of snaps against Carolina, 20 25% against New England. And then he followed it up with back-to-back 68%. But he's been wide receiver 90, 56, 44, 49 the last four weeks. So to me, that's a faller. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Um, I saw some stuff, I think it was like week seven, where just talking about would you rather have Zay Flowers or Josh Downs because their stats were basically identical, but... You know, I think it's it's Zay Flowers all the way there, especially now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. But good question and, and good take. Um, I think Josh Downs is definitely volatile right now. Yeah, and um, if you want to go into running backs now, I think I have kind of a similar point about another player that you had in there. Yeah, go for it. Um, so Jameer Gibbs is a guy that I know you wanted to mention um, as a guy who is potentially maybe not necessarily a faller, I guess, but a guy you might have some concern about. Um, and honestly, I'm not concerned. I'm a little I don't concerned. Know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean... Eight attempts compared to David Montgomery's 18 just kind of screams out to me that, you know, Dave Montgomery's back in full force. Um, what kind of gives me some, you know, alleviates that fear um, for Gibbs is that he usually is involved in the passing game. But then this past game, two targets, one reception, negative six yards. Uh, I understand that the Lions offense kind of fell apart. I understand the passing volume for Jerry Goff was pretty low um, at 25 total attempts, but it does feel like Jameer Gibbs has fallen back into that, you know, secondary or, you know, one, a one B kind of role. Um, I think Montgomery is going to take up a big share of red zone carries and a big share of first and second down work from Gibbs. Yes. Um, I mean, Gibbs had a run that went down to, what, the one-yard line, and then Montgomery comes in and punches it in. Mm -hmm. It just, it sucks, but, I mean, the reality is uh, he's doing things when he has his hands on the football. And, you know, when Montgomery is in his next year or two of his contract and Gibbs is getting towards the end of his rookie contract, they're going to want to use him. I mean, he's electric. Yeah. I'm concerned that they bring in somebody else um, for, you know, goal and go work or for, you know, 
second and short or something like that. Or, um, but I could see Gibbs, you know, getting more of the passing work and more. Um, we'll probably keep all the third down work, but more of the second down and third down work. Um, but I don't see him owning the backfield entirely. Yeah, Although, I mean, I kind of think about it like Eckler when Melvin Gordon was there. You know, Eckler was getting a lot of the work and Melvin Gordon was getting the goal line. So I think there's something similar going on here. And we see how that worked out. So I think Jameer Gibbs is not a guy to be too, too concerned about. I hope that's the case because I, I do think he's very electric, like you said, seven and a half yards per carry this past week. Um but I feel like this is kind of like a smash-mouth football team, um, and they're not going to rely on their lightning guy without a thunder guy. Yeah, I agree with that. I think for now, I mean, he's still a viable fantasy start, but sure, he's not getting as many points as maybe he potentially could. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, he's definitely viable, though still and must start every week agreed um okay do you want to jump over into overall risers and fallers i know that we went through a lot of these rookies yeah start us off okay so i have jordan love uh we already talked about jordan love um but that's my quarterback riser and i think overall riser of the week uh jordan love is here to stay in green bay he's going to be around um, for, I hope ever, um, it seems like he's able to get stuff done. He's super efficient and, uh, got us the win last night against the chiefs, uh, 36 attempts, 70% completion, 269 yards, three touchdowns. Um, pretty much didn't make any mistakes, which is what you love to see. Yeah. Jordan love looks really good, man. He, it's making all these crazy throws off his back foot like Rodgers does, like Favre did, and they love to compare it all night on the TV. But, um, it, I mean, throwing off your back foot, you do make some mistakes. And we see the same thing with Josh Allen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there is potential for it to be really good. There's potential for it to be not so good sometimes, but definitely definitely a starting quarterback in the NFL, definitely a guy who's going to be around and clearly a guy who can come out and throw multiple touchdowns and beat a really good team. So enough said about that. He's, he's a good, good quarterback. He's around to stay. Absolutely. Um, I just like to add like one thing. I feel like he doesn't run the ball all too much as high as rushing yards in the game so far as 39, but he's able to stay so fantasy relevant in those games that he doesn't throw interceptions, um, which is shocking to me. It feels like he's a top five, top 10 um, play every week, except for his little stint where he threw a bunch of interceptions. Um, which I'm loving it. Yeah, he's been awesome, man. All right. Uh, Want to jump over to running backs? Yeah. Um, in terms of risers for running backs this week, um, we got to look at Chuba 
He had 22. And I think we got to continue to talk about Pacheco. Um, I mean, Pacheco's been solid all year, but now this is two back-to-back games over 20. So it's the first time he's done it this year. Um, Let's take a look at last year. Last year, he didn't have a single game over 20. So now he's done it two games in a row. It seems like the Chiefs have to rely a little more on the run this year. Um, Maybe not the case next year. Who knows? But maybe you can get some trade value for him if you need to. But otherwise, I love him. He's electric. Dude is an energizer bunny. Why wouldn't you want to have him? Yeah, I mean, Pacheco feels like what everybody wants Kyron Williams to be. Like, he's a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, But Pacheco's actually in a great offense and actually has the ability to – I think he's going to stay there for a long time. Um, He's, you know, built like a bowling ball. Guys, only 24. I feel like he's been great ever since he joined that team. Um, Has taken work away from Jerick McKinnon. Um, and Pacheco's just that dude now. He's what everybody wanted CEH to be. <laughs> yeah, beat out a first-round running back. Yeah, if CEH was putting up the numbers that Pacheco was or is right now, he would be like a top five running back. I mean... In terms of dynasty value. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you got to look, yeah, th- look at the player and respect him. Yeah, I think you also got to mention that he also got ejected from this game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how does that, I mean, does that have any impact on any value? Is he going to be a guy that, I mean, I don't always think about this, about fantasy players, but sometimes you do. You got to think about, is it going to be someone who's going to be a little bit of trouble? And I hope not. He's a beast. Yeah, I don't think that's going to impact his value too much. But I guess we can we can see next week, um, based yeah. off of his like snap I mean, count and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll see throughout his career. Yeah, we will. Um, and then who's the second guy they mentioned here? Chuba. Uh yeah. Chuba, yeah. This is the second game over uh, twenty points in a row as well here. So he. I thought he was going to be kind of relevant this year, um, and Miles Sanders was going to be that guy. Chuba has consistently been kind of the only guy on the Panthers' offense that gets anything going. Uh, 25 attempts, 104 yards, and two touchdowns this week. Um, the only reason I think his value is up is because it feels like he might be the starter there next year. Um, doesn't feel like they're going to waste any picks on... You know, running backs when they have so many other needs, uh, even though that's what a bunch of teams love to do. So I think Chuba might have another year of starting under his belt after this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Like you said, they got to build an entire team. I don't think they're going to replace a guy who just puts up solid numbers. That's all he does. He doesn't, doesn't really stink it up too, too much. You know, at worst, he's kind of average. Um, but he's a, he's a good running back. He's solid. Gets the job done. He's a big boy, too. Yeah, he is. Um, and then I also want to talk about Derrick Henry here. Um, mm. 
Derrick Henry has kind of come back alive. He had been so-and-so all season long, you know, a medium-ish game here, like a 10-point, 15-point game, and then, you know, back to like three or five. He's been splitting work with Tajay Spears all year, but it does feel like he got going this past week. Uh, second point or second 20 point game in a in a row. Um, I think Derrick Henry is back and I think he is going to stay back for the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's going anywhere for the next few years, to be honest. Regardless of his age, I think he's kind of built the last. He's just a big dude and he can take those hits he can dish them out nobody really wants to hit him anyways so I don't, I don't think he'll be on the titans next year so potentially even more value could be used in you know a similar not a similar fashion but in the same way in terms of how his fantasy value was affected as christian mccaffrey is he moved on to another team that actually had a good offense and gave him the ability to go out there and get yards, get touchdowns, get fantasy points, which is what we care about right here. Yeah, I would love to see him on the Ravens or on the Bills, I think. Those would be the best two landing spots for him. He'd look so badass in a Ravens uniform. Oh my god. It'd be so scary. <laughs> <laughs> With the visor. Yeah. Man, those jerseys are so cool. Um, all right, you want to jump over to wide receivers? Yes, sir. What do you got? Uh, obviously, we got to talk about Derrick Henry's Thursday night game. Um, I think he's a big riser this week. Um, you know, eight targets, six receptions, three touchdowns on 134 yards for 37. Oh, DK. Yeah. Did I say DK or did I say somebody else? Said Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah, they're right next to each <laughs> I was Derek like, eight Henry targets. Three touchdowns and eight targets. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I don't know. DK definitely, I feel like, ascended a little bit in terms of dynasty value. There is still some you know, questionability over the quarterback situation in C- Seattle. Like, Gino's kind of the guy week to week, but I think season long might not be the guy, especially next year. I think he's going to be 34. Um, I'm a big fan of DK. I think my hot take here is that DK is a top 14 dynasty wide receiver. I agree. I don't think that's a hot take. I mean, on Who would you, who would you put before him? Uh, all right. You want 13 receivers to go in front of DK off the dome? Let's do it. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, CD, Amon Ra, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, Puka, Devonta Smith. Um, that's. 11 right there then it gets and iffy i disagree with, with three gets iffy with jalen waddle i'm not the biggest jalen waddle fan right now 
Yeah, I think we could slot DK in maybe top 12. Be comfortable with that? I'd honestly say top 10. Top 10 would put him right behind Chris Olave. I think that he's definitely a better dynasty wide receiver than Garrett Wilson. I'm sorry, but that's my take. DK over Garrett Wilson? Yeah, just, I get it. He's young, offensive rookie of the year, but I think, you know, DK has proved it, and he's not going anywhere regardless of who his quarterback is. I think we all expected him to have um, a worse year this year, and that just hasn't really happened. Um, and he's only 25 still. He's he's going to keep going. Yeah, he is. It feels like he's kind of A.J. Brown-esque right now, where he goes crazy all the time but uh isn't super consistent i know aj brown was kind of like that on the titans um but i don't know i think i would rather have garrett wilson than dk i'm trying to find dk's stats from last year because i I thought he was only like a top 30 guy maybe two years ago I can't find it. One second. Yeah, 2021, he didn't have the greatest season. But he still got a bunch of touchdowns when he needed them. Playoff value, early season value. Yeah, I guess that's what's important. But I guess it's luck. (laughs) But yeah, I think DK's not going anywhere. Why would he? I mean, I think he's top 10. That shouldn't change until he's, you know, 27, 28 years old. I'm going to stick to him at top 12 behind Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson's going to really blow up when Aaron Rodgers comes back. Um, And then, I mean, if he doesn't, then you're going to be right, and and I'll take that hit. (laughs) (laughs) What about, uh, you mentioned Puka before him. Yeah, I might have Puka over DK. I think Puka, Puka from a fantasy value perspective has been a lot higher than DK. I think from like a real life guy perspective, you know, DK is 6'3 six, six, or 6'5 and runs like a 4'3'3. Three, three. Um, I'd much rather have a guy like that in real life to clear out routes and just kind of be constantly threatening. But, you know, it seems like Matt Stafford has been finding Puka. Maybe the quarterback situation on the Rams falls apart pretty soon, but I think it it falls apart on the Seahawks first. Hmm. Yeah, remains to be seen. Yeah, I guess we'll see. All right. Um. Another guy that I want to talk about rising this week is Nico Collins. Um, This kind of a reactionary take to the Tank Dell injury. Um, You know, Nico has been pretty much hit or miss all season. Um, But this past week had 34.1 fantasy points, 191 yards, uh, and a touchdown on nine receptions. Um, feels like his value is going to sort of stabilize um, going right into the fantasy playoffs. 
Yeah, I mean, it just seems like he has a good rapport with uh, Stroud, and that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So, I mean, it's one of those guys kind of like, um, I wouldn't compare it completely to this, but kind of like a Brady Edelman because that's what I grew up watching. It's like this guy doesn't have the most, you know, physical talent in the world, but seems to be where Stroud wants him to be when he needs him to be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's 6'4 and ran a 4.5. I think that's pretty good. (laughs) I think that's better than (laughs) Edelman. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's why it's not completely, but um, yeah. I mean, he's got the height. I mean, at that height, 4'5 is pretty quick. Yeah, it is. Um, so. all right. Yeah. I think he's definitely going up in value. There's a weird one I want to ask you about this week. Sure. Another reactionary, but, um, Alec Pierce. I don't think, I mean, I was going to mention this too, right? Like as a riser, but I don't think Alec Pierce's value really moved at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, guys like that are always set for breakout games. I think he runs routes at like a 90% clip across games. So it's not like he was more involved this week. It's just usually he's just out there running cardio rather than actually playing football. Um, <laughs> this week he played football. <laughs> and, you know, what do you have, like 100, 120 yards or something like that? And pretty he crazy. Was three of six for 100. And a touch, yeah, and a touchdown. But the volume, I mean, if we're talking about Josh Downs not getting enough volume, Alec Pierce is never going to get enough volume to be fantasy relevant. Maybe a best ball guy, but definitely not a guy that I'm looking to get in dynasty leagues. Yeah, I agree. It's just something to watch. His snap count is super high, and it is. I know that. I know that some people were kind of high on him last year, even though he didn't do anything too too crazy but something to watch yeah definitely i think he maybe on another team maybe you know it kind of feels like a situation where richardson comes back and richardson finds him like a ted Ginn situation ted ginn um Mm -hmm. it finds him for like one every one in every five games or something he gets two touchdowns or something like that but um i don't think he's gonna be consistent he's kind of the clear out guy yeah i have a another one that i want to mention as well that i found interesting um kind of goes along the line uh with garrett wilson for obvious reasons but xavier gibson plays in the same offense as him um finally had a fantasy relevant game um I don't know what are you, what your thoughts are, but I think it's interesting because he seems to be a playmaker, and I mean, you get the ball in his hands, good things happen. Yeah, uh, I liked what I saw. He's you know he's twenty two five nine, one ninety, so he's he's not like undersized or anything, but it, it does feel like he was pretty quick. Um, I don't think he's gonna be relevant long-term there either 
Um, I tend to think that, though, about people until they prove me long, wrong, like Puka. Um, but it just kind of feels like they're spreading the ball out on the Jets right now. Trevor Simeon was a little bit. Um, but Garrett Wilson's that guy there, and I don't think Xavier Gibson's going to be able to be relevant. Uh, maybe a situation where Aaron Rodgers comes back, he will be, but I think when Aaron Rodgers comes back, we're going to see uh, Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb somehow play games. <laughs> no, no Randall Cobb. <laughs> I think Alan Lazard, though. If Alec Pierce is out there doing cardio, Randall Cobb's out there bench pressing linebackers. <laughs> but I, think, I thought I Gibson it's... is interesting. Yeah, I mean, from a college stats perspective, how was he? I honestly don't know. Like but it wouldn't be the question. first time we saw someone who wasn't relevant. Kind of feels like a guy that was good. But I will have to find out. So, last year he had 52 catches for 930 and 7 touchdowns. Pretty good season. He was a, or no, was that his rookie year, or his uh, his freshman year? I think you're looking at his senior year of high school. <laughs> I can't even find his college stats. That's not a good sign. Uh, I think I got him. He had. Last year, so 2022, 11 games, 65 receptions, uh, 1,163 yards on 17.9 yards per catch and seven touchdowns. Uh, He had two returning touchdowns as well. That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not bad, but it's... uh... Stephen F. Austin. I don't even know what. Hey, Tyree Kill was a running back in college. Yeah, but like Stephen F. Austin, what conference is that? No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's uh, enough about Xavier Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) We deep dove a little bit too much on that one. Yes, we Uh, did. Christian Watson. I like him. Christian Watson, hurt. He's hurt. Hamstring. Always hamstring with Christian Watson. He's going to miss like, I mean, I, th- I think he's supposed to miss zero weeks, but I think he's going to miss like two. Um, When he had that first breakout game, I was like, watch out for more because whenever Christian Watson gets one, he tends to get more after that. He's... 20 points against Detroit, 27 against the Chiefs. Uh, two touchdowns, nine rece- or seven receptions, and 71 yards last night. I am definitely love what I'm seeing. Feels like Jaden Reed's value has taken a bit of a hit. Um, you know, with Christian Watson kind of ascending back into that alpha role. But maybe we can see them kind of have a, a bit of more synergy going forward. I don't know. What do you think about... Jaden Reed and Christian Watson coexisting. 
I think we have to talk about the entire Packers wide receiver core, to be honest, because it seems like they just have endless amount of rookies or first and second year guys who are just real solid wide receivers. Even Dontavion Wicks was getting involved last night. Yeah, he was, which is pretty funny because uh, years and years and years of Aaron Rodgers, you know, we wanted to draft running backs or wide receivers in the first round over and over and over and over again. Then we got Christian Watson in uh, early second, and he's panned out pretty well. But, you know, a lot of those later picks like Romeo Dubs and Jaden Reed, those were pretty standard Packers picks that we would have made in the past, uh, especially like Dontavian Wicks. Um, but it feels like Jordan Love spreading the ball around. He kind of has a favorite that, you know, seems like these past two weeks has been – Christian Watson, but before that it was Jaden Reed. I don't, I mean, Romeo Dobbs probably doesn't have fantasy value going forward, but it feels like one guy a week's going to have value and the rest of them probably aren't. And then I don't know how you can predict that. Yeah, I think it's very unpredictable. Um, Romeo Dobbs has been a good flex option this year for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's been good. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I feel like he's only 23, so he's he's solid, but I think he's like a higher floor and a lower ceiling than Christian Watson. Yeah, I agree. Um, with Christian Watson, though, what I, what I personally feel is that if you have him, you either got to find some value for him or wait until next season – and see if you can get some value for him because we've seen historically with guys who recurring with recurring hamstring injuries, they don't last too, too long. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and then, you know, besides the hamstring injury, if it's going to be, you know, seven headed receiving core, um, is Christian Watson really a week to week starter? Or is he somebody that just can blow up and win you a game? It's kind of a question that you got to ask yourself. And, and is there somebody that might be a little bit more consistent that you can plug into that spot? Yeah, that's why it's fun to talk about the young guys. We don't know. It is, yeah. <laughs> All right, do you have anybody else for the risers or do you want to jump over into the fallers? Go ahead. All right, first faller here is Derek Carr. Uh, he basically injured everything um <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't even know like it's really tough because it feels like every time Derek carr goes down it's like thumb rib head concussion like everything um he sprained his ac joint in week three and then this past week he i think hurt his shoulder or no Oh my god! I'm looking at his injuries, and then November he hurt his shoulder and got a concussion, and then this past week he went down again. Um, concussion, shoulder, and back. Man, so Derek Carr is the definition of injury prone. Um, and when he gets injured, it's like everything somehow. Do you think that Derek Carr is the starter on the Saints next year? 
How many wins do they have? Um, pulling it up. Five, I think. Yeah, yeah I th- five and seven. I think they're in a spot where they're going to fire their coach too. I agree. Um, you know, their defense has been good for years. It still is. They got some stars for skill players. It just seems like they're kind of missing that offensive line and quarterback. And I think that's why he's been hurt 20 times this season. But, um, yeah, I don't think he's the answer. I think everybody kind of knows that. Um, I think, you know, if someone like Bo Nix is there, they're going to scoop him up. Yeah, I'd love to see Bo Nix on the Saints. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe that'd be an amazing fit for him. And Derek Carr has been in the league for like 10 years now. That's crazy. I'm looking back at all of his stats. He There was MVP conversations in like 27, or 2018, 2019. Uh, he's been around for a long time, but I think this might be it for him uh, as a starter. Yeah, I think he's going to be the uh, journeyman, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick type of backup quarterback. Just a real solid backup. That's all there is to say about him. I'd love to see Derek Carr behind Tua in case of any injuries there. Honestly, Derek Carr would be the best backup for Derek Carr. Think about it. All right, you want to talk about some of the running backs this week? Yeah. Um... In terms of fallers, I had, where is he? Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, just because of injury. Yeah, what was that injury? Um, so, you know how when you sprain your ankle, it kind of turns in? Yep. His did the opposite, which is typically a break, mm. um, but can be like a high ankle sprain. I think that's what they initially said it was. Um, but it's definitely the worst way to turn your ankle. Um, he's already not like a super fast guy, so that hurts. Um, the volume has been there the last few weeks, but I mean, the Patriots have a million holes to fill. I just, I still think he's, you know, the starter next year, but, um, I mean, it hurts. Uh, I mean, he's going to be 26 next year, so we're getting to that point of a running back's career where if they get a few injuries, it's pretty much over. Yeah. I feel like you guys just drafted him like last year, even though I know he, he was there for a while. He was behind uh, Damian Harris. Um, That's his name, right? He had a bunch of touchdowns. Yeah. Um, And then Ramondre was, you know, always like he went to Bama. So he's always that guy that, you know, he thought it could be something something bigger and something better. Uh, and it turned out he kind of was. Um, but it definitely hurts. I had him as a running back three on a playoff team, uh, kind of filling my flex spot. He's been super consistent, just filling the gaps all year. Uh, I traded like two seconds for him last year. Um, but Ramondre is, is probably going to miss the first week playoffs maybe a little bit more yeah uh doesn't matter <laughs> he's he's done um he's, he's not, he's not playing yeah no i'm saying like 
Yeah, I'm saying like it doesn't matter. Like his his ankle is screwed. He's out for the season. Oh, he is. Oh, I think so. It it didn't look good. Okay. Damn. And I don't know why you would bring him back to a team that some people are starting to say is clearly tanking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's get into it on uh, the betting episode. But God, that was awful to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna suck watching the Pats on Thursday night. Yeah, we're gonna have two games to talk about during the betting episode. Wow, <laughs> I should just have a Patriots episode. No thanks. <laughs> that would be fun for me. Um, Maybe like okay. five years ago. No, I like it now. Um, <laughs> I think Devin's Singletary takes a hit in value here. Um, it felt like he was taking over the backfield a significant amount from Damian Pierce. Um, and ends up this past week, or I mean, these past two weeks, it's been six tar- six carries and then eight carries, uh, 72 yards last week. So that kind of saves some of his value in the receiving game with seven targets and six receptions. But then this week, uh, one target, one reception for 40 yards, you know, feels like he's kind of back to the one B behind Damian Pierce kind of leading them both to fantasy irrelevance. Yeah. I don't think either of them is a star running back and I don't, I don't think that's going to change. I think until they have maybe a guy that they want, maybe, maybe that's a, a dark horse for Derrick Henry. You never know. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's any fantasy relevance right now in the Houston backfield. I could see them drafting somebody, maybe Braylon Allen. Yeah, I could cool. see them drafting somebody. They have they still have quite a few draft picks, right? They have the Browns first because of the Deshaun Watson trade. I love that. <laughs> yeah, great for them, honestly. Well played. Yeah. Seriously. Um yeah, I mean, they still got guys they can add to that offense. That's scary. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what holes C.J. Stroud has been hiding because it feels like everything can't be perfect on that offense, but it feels like it has been. Um, but, you know, between the offense and defense, I think they have enough picks to stitch it all together. So I know we've been talking about fallers, but I have someone who has fallen. That would be Tyler Algier. Um, his first game under 20% of snaps. He has fallen for sure. He uh, he hasn't really been able to do much. I think it was the Cardinals game a couple weeks ago. I highlighted him as a potential start. And Bijan has taken over ever since that game. Um, I, I don't know if Algier really ever returns to fantasy relevance, to be honest. I agree. And it sucks because I had him in one of my fantasy teams, uh, one of my dynasty teams. So that stinks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, and then I want to talk about Jalen Warren as well here. Um, mm. Feels like he's continued to be pretty efficient. But the Pittsburgh offense has slowed down a little bit more. 
Um, and then this past week, he ended up with nine carries, uh, one reception, 55 yards. Um, and that's his second week in a row under eight fantasy points uh, after his you know great streak against Tennessee, Green Bay, and Cleveland. Honestly, a guy I'm avoiding. Yeah, I'm done with him. Uh, I had picked him a couple times in daily fantasy formats, but uh, I just think that he's a guy that doesn't have enough volume right now. Uh, Tomlin might stick with Najee, and you know that offense isn't able to support really even one guy, let alone two. Yeah. Um, the answer to that backfield is not currently in the locker room, in my opinion. I think they have to stick with Najee for another year or two. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean is, doesn't mean he's the answer. <laughs> no, it's not the answer, but I mean he's going to be the starter for another year or two, which is brutal because they they do have that fifth year option on him. Um maybe they trade or cut him, but I don't think so. He's awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just one of those guys who didn't Live up to expectations, I suppose. But great rookie year. <laughs> I don't know how high my expectations for Najee were, to be honest. I uh, yeah, I got him in a few places just because he was cheap, and then moved off of him everywhere I could uh, for like Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor had a little bit of a slump, which worked out well for me. Yeah, uh, I mean. If you want to talk about Jonathan Taylor, that's a guy you never have to worry about. No, yeah, I love that guy. Um, as you know, was in school when he was there. Um, and besides like missing a week here or there, he's somebody that's going to be consistently a top 24 running back and then will finish as a top 12. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, so do you want to talk about, oh, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. Garrett Wilson as a faller. I know you probably love this. (laughs) Garrett Wilson, huh? Yeah. I mean, seven targets, three receptions, 50 yards. The reason I have him as a follower here is because of the quarterback carousel that they have in New York. Um, it does feel like he was decent with Zach Wilson and this past week made me miss Zach Wilson. Um, you know, there's always a chance that Garrett Wilson gets Aaron Rodgers back and blows up, but there's also a chance that Aaron Rodgers is not the same as he was. I know Achilles injuries can be really tough. I don't know the history of Achilles injuries and quarterbacks. Um, I'd be interested to do some more research into that. But, you know, Achilles injuries with running backs or Achilles injuries with basketball players, um, people that run a little bit more seem to have very uh, negative impacts towards their careers and and their futures. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old. Um, Towards Achilles coming back, probably is not going to be the same player. And I think that's going to negatively impact Garrett Wilson, uh, obviously, but it just hurts that Garrett Wilson's stuck in this situation. Yeah, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming back this season. 
They're not no. in playoff, not in playoff contention now. And no, yeah, that'll, that'll have them out. So with Garrett Wilson, I mean, I'll take, I'll take eight points with Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. <laughs> it's yeah. Pretty bad combo. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been too awful this year. I think he's sitting around the wide receiver 25 or something like that. Um, but definitely not what we expected at the start of the year. And I think the rest of the year, his value is basically zero. Um, if you have him, you're probably not in the playoffs, so it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I think maybe next year we see some uptick, but the rest of this year, his value is going to crater a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, he does have some okay matchups coming up, though. He's got Houston, Miami, Washington, some teams that wide receivers have done some damage against. But Cleveland, New England to finish the year is tough. Yeah, that is. Um, I think he gets something going a little bit, but we'll see who the quarterback ends up being next week. Um, I don't know if there's a commitment there uh, or if, you know, we're able to see something else. Yeah, I think they were saying Zach Wilson might play. That'd be awesome. I'm. I would Why be not? About that. Yeah, I mean, better than Trevor Simeon. Yeah. All right. Do you That's have all anybody I got, else? man. I got one more. That... One last right. one. Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin takes Ooh. a bit of a hit and has taken a bit of a hit all season. Uh, his volume has been consistently decent. Uh, five or more targets in every game except for this past game. Uh, in this past game, you got three targets, zero receptions, zero yards, right? That can't be right. No. Is that what happened? I'm pulling up the Godwin? stats because where I'm seeing them is not right. Godwin, yeah. He had three for nothing, but he had a 19-yard rush for a touchdown. What the heck? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> feels like Godwin is kind of slated into that Tyler Boyd role where he's pretty much irrelevant uh, from a fantasy perspective unless you want to plug him into your flex. But that's not what you want to see out of somebody that's finished the season as the wide receiver one before. Um, I have a lot of shares of Godwin. Going to hold him. I think Mike Evans might be out of there uh, You know, next year. Maybe Godwin will. Um, Baker's probably here to stay, but I don't know. It just feels like tough for Chris Godwin. Yeah. Um, Godwin hasn't produced, but I mean, he had his best year with, uh, what Jameis. So I don't know if you can say it's the quarterback, but I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. Could be a case of another one of those guys who's just been banged up so many times throughout his career. Yeah. I'm hoping that he can return to form. Um, I think that was Jameis's like 30 and 30 season, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, I think Godwin does have potential to return, but you know, the rest of the season, maybe if you know Mike Evans and him are there together next season, 
uh, he might not have a ton of value, and then he's 29 pretty much after next season. So, not yeah, great. I think he's one of those guys who needs to be thrown into a into a new system. Mm-hmm. I could see him being like very successful in on the Panthers or something like that. Yeah, but obviously, they sure, it's like a yeah, it's like a vet addition that would that would make sense. Yeah. No. All right. That's everything I got now. Yeah. All I got to say is for anybody who listened to the betting episode, parlay, last leg is tonight. Jacksonville defeats, uh, who are they playing? Cincinnati. The... It was plus 1,600 odds. One leg away. It's a pretty good debut. Hell yeah. All right, sweet. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, We will have a DFS episode come out later this week in addition to a betting episode. Uh, And then the Madden rebuild is on, too. We're rebuilding the Patriots. Have a good one.